0: My Legal Club provides full legal support when you require it, enjoy savings and rewards all year round when you don't. You do not need to be a member of My Legal Club to benefit from free legal advice from our highly recommended specialist solicitors. When you or a loved one requires legal advice and a solicitor, we can help you in every area of law. We also offer a unique alternative. Sign up to our free trial and you will receive up to 25% off legal fees, 15% 15% off legal documents, £20 restaurant vouchers for Leading UK restaurants, savings and rewards with Leading UK brands, a free online will, free dashcam, and much, much more. As an example of how we help our members, they have saved on average over £500 plus by using My Legal Club for personal injury claims compared to many solicitors who deduct 25% of your compensation. If you or a loved one needs legal support, contact us at mylegalclub.co.uk for free consultations and no obligation quotes with highly recommended solicitors. Sign up to our free trial to receive all the free discounts and our membership benefits. Welcome to the MLC show in association with My Legal Club. My name is Sean Rogers. I am your host and I am delighted to be joined by Jimmy Slomka. Jimmy is an MNU certified nutritionist and coach and part owner of Primal Training Club. I would strongly recommend having a look at primaltrainingclub.co.uk and I'd also give Jimmy a follow on Instagram, which is Jimmy jimmyslomka. There's loads of great content, loads of great ideas and strategies that you can find on there. This is a four-part series on nutrition. This is episode two. Uh, Last week we did a show on the basics of nutrition and this week we are entering very dark waters. We are going to examine the Nutri-Bollocks. Jimmy. I am a sucker for this. I see an advert or someone I know says, um, hey, did you hear about this? Or Peter was saying he heard about this new thing where you lose loads of weight, turn into an Adonis overnight. You're immune from every single illness and disease. You know, you look like Mo Salah with his top off tomorrow, all this kind of stuff. Um, and interestingly, the other day I heard a lady in the playground saying, um, you know, I was eavesdropping on a conversation with the other moms. They'd gone to some seminar that was gonna be um, led by a GP. Okay, and he was gonna give them some nutritional advice and stuff like this. And then when they turned up, they were actually selling shakes to them, saying they'll get rid of stress, and make the mornings less stressful, lose weight, improve energy levels, all sorts, of, all sorts of stuff. Now, I know myself, it's been very easy for me to be taken in previously, and I would consider myself to be um, reasonably intelligent, and I've fell for tons of crap over the years. Um, But the thing is, it can be dangerous. You know, there's a lot of celebrities at the moment. I've even seen some private doctors endorse and things that, um, you know, at least appear to be highly over-exaggerated, if not complete bollocks. Um, And you can't blame people for being taken in by this stuff. So when we see and hear whatever is out there now and whatever's out there to follow, what do we do? Should we just ignore all of this and be completely cynical? Do we research it further? What's your advice for whenever any of these things come out? What should people be doing?
1: Well, I think there's a saying out there, which is something like, um, if it's too good to be true, it usually is. And that's kind of how it works with nutrition and supplements and any new fad that comes out on the market. Um, But I think it's also important to clarify what you mean by bollocks, because a lot of people won't understand that. So it's pseudoscience, and basically pseudoscience is a series of statements or beliefs or practices that are claimed to be scientific and factual, but they actually are incompatible with the scientific method. So when held to account, they just don't stand up. And there's many things out there that can be labelled in that category.
0: So is that like, I don't know, is that like all the stories you hear of tobacco companies sponsoring sort of... um, research studies and stuff in like the 50s and the 60s about smoking so that people would carry on smoking? Well
1: I actually don't know anything about that to be honest but what I would say is that science does move on so at some point um, you you normally need around 10 years worth of data um, for something to be more conclusive but science guides us anyway it's not absolute so I'm, I'm actually unsure about that.
0: Okay so what would be your top Nutri-bollocks myths that we can burst today. What are people talking about and potentially doing or hearing on the market that people are taking to be a truth, which, as far as you're concerned, is is scientifically bollocks? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Sorry about all the swearing, by the way, but the show is called Nutri-bollocks. like well, you know, crack on, mate. Um, at the end of the day,
1: like detoxing is a complete myth. Um, you know, these companies that are out there selling detox diet or juice cleanses or, you know, whatever... Category or label they want to give them—it's absolute you know, bollocks.
0: So you telling me that you can't go out at the weekend and put all sorts in shit and hammer a forty-eight-hour bender and putting some lemon <laughs> in a drink on a Monday morning is not going to sort you think, right I out? Because I see everyone I doing think that. You've probably
1: hit the nail on the head there, and I think you could probably throw apple cider vinegar into that uh, <laughs> into that uh, category as well because um, it's going to do fuck all for your health. <laughs> um, it, so basically, you know, detoxing claims to facilitate toxin elimination. Um, but actually, these companies can never tell you what toxins they're trying to detoxify you from. And at the end of the day, well, <laughs> if you're a healthy person, which most people are, they, you will have a fully functioning liver and kidneys, which will do all the toxin elimination you need uh, without having to ever worry about um, a detox diet or a juice cleanse. Um, so yeah, the other one actually out there, and, and there seems to be companies popping up all the time, uh, alkaline water. Um, again, alkaline water is a complete myth. Um, the premise is is that you can change the pH of your blood and go more alkaline. I won't, which is- won't, yeah,
0: I won't name I won't name them because again, I don't want to be sued. But there is someone that I would actually be a massive fan of from a distance. Um, And I've seen a couple of shows and a couple of things where they are pushing this massively. They have shares um, and an involvement in a product that sells this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And they are saying things like people have, I don't know whether you can comment on this, they're saying things like people who have had cancer, people who are in a really, really poor um, state mentally as well, um, people who are suffering all sorts of illness and disease, that they've been able to move to these alkaline, supplement type things that lowers their pH and that kind of it stops acid growing tumors and, and doing all these kind of things and that basically move to this is massive for your health both from a prevention and a well, cure.
1: I'm, I'm not an expert in cancer but what I do know is that um, pH can- levels and then cancer that. creates its own environment it's not to do with the food and drink that you're eating so it would be separate to that so If your pH is tightly controlled by your body between like 7.35 and 7.45, if it strays outside of that range, you're going to be hospitalized almost immediately. So it's virtually... You cannot change the pH of your blood, okay? It's impossible. You can change the pH of your urine and your saliva, which is why people are stupidly licking sticks and weeing on sticks to see what, what the pH of their urine is. But you know, crack on if that's the kind of life you want to lead.
0: Yeah, because um, well, I've heard some st- about fish. Like some people who eat like loads of fish and stuff like that, they've been panicking about. Um, I don't know whether it's pH or mercury levels or both. But um,
1: yeah, I'm not sure about pH. But I think um, if you were consuming like excess amounts of tuna and swordfish, then there is a small risk of mercury toxicity, but like very small. It's not something to worry about, particularly living in the UK.
0: What about? I, yeah I was watching um I can't believe it did because it's 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 pretty rubbish now and you should always avoid it but I stumbled across an episode of question time and I felt really really sorry for this guy this this audience member basically said that he was um, he was very very ill um, and you know utmost sympathy for him and he made a point of blaming a particular brand who offer a diet fizzy drink okay and he was adamant that that was the cause um and when you google it you can see plenty out there that people say that having some of these diet fizzy drinks in the main um you'll see a lot of people saying that they think that contributes to um cancer and, and illnesses and things like this what what just what I'm interested in what's your opinion on that so i'm guessing that you're talking about aspartame um which is
1: be which would be the sweetener in these fizzy drinks um there's actually been thousands thousands of studies on aspartame it's completely safe for human consumption so when you look at something like that because there's a lot, of, like, like a lot of people additive, like yourself
0: aren't there there are a lot of people who will go move to a diet well like if you whatever because of the calories let,
1: let's say you were consuming i don't know four or five cans of high sugar
0: diet Coca, fizzy pop
1: coca-cola let's say yeah. right coca-cola yeah. a week okay you could create a calorie deficit just by switching that coke to diet coke
0: yeah, so immediately totally.
1: you've yeah. gone to zero calories from those drinks. Yeah. That's the If that was the only swap that you did, which is a non-tracking method, you could improve your health because you're going to get weight loss um, and you're consuming less added sugars, um, but you're also consuming less calories. But actually aspartame, so with any additive or or um, chemical, if you want to call it, in the food supply, um, it's rigorously tested. So we're talking about like the amounts that you get in your diet would be like one part per billionth we're not talking about something that's actually at a toxic level. It's completely safe for your consumption, repeatedly. So in one sitting, if you were go- if you wanted to get sort of toxic from a spa team, you'd probably have to consume something like, I don't know, 50 or 60 cans of Diet Coke in one sitting. Is that all? <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. um, that's not but, a goal, but, up, but, by the it, way. But hitting it's a but I
1: think sometimes, though, a lot of people are freaked out by the chemicals in food when actually th- this comes down to an education level like each each chemical will have what's called an ed50 which is like the dangerous level of dose okay so um, they're, they're way way higher than you would ever ever imagine like coming anywhere near into contact with you um, and there was actually some really interesting research in denmark because um, what they were suggesting was is they were trying to look at like the hazard risk of, of chemicals pesticides herbicides that build up in the food supply and what they came to the conclusion was, is that your exposure to these things would be the same as having one glass of red wine every seven years. Wow! So basically, don't worry about it; it's fine.
0: I don't want to even envisage my life with, with lots one of glass like, of wine in seven, <laughs> seven years. Got with lots it's of additives
1: is that they're generally associated with some poor quality foods. That's the only only consideration you should be making. But yeah, so you know, let's face it, you know we'll do a 10-point session every now and again, won't we? And we'll add to the government's binge drinking statistics, but we care more about, you know, what might be in, like, I don't know, a slice of beef or something. You know what I mean? It just, yeah. just doesn't add up, does
0: it? The big one I want to get your opinion on. Um, this made, I reckon, this made every office do a bit of talking. Um, even in households, people have talked about this. So... You talked a little bit there about, you know, pH, alkaline and and everything, but game changers. So, for those who don't know, there's a Netflix film about former UFC fighter, James Wilkes, who while recovering from an injury, researches nutrition, travels the world to discuss his findings with elite athletes who follow a plant-based diet. Um, It's been described uh, by critics as being an anti-meat anti-dairy and pro-vegan film and there's a lot of chatter about meat dairy and veganism generally but certainly coming from the show there's been some suspicion about the people who are on the show there's some suspicion about ownership of shares and certain products that are being pushed that fit the tone of what the show are trying to achieve Um, but there are also claims that plant-based diet helps with alkaline levels decrease risk of disease which we've been discussing Um, this is what I'm coming to in the. F- this is what we were discussing. Sorry, in the first part, where I was like, "You see these research bits; these things come out, and then you hear counterclaims of, well, hang on a minute, he's got shares in that. He's, she's got an interest in pushing this product, etc.'" What's your take on on game changes in particular, Jimmy, and then the issues well, that it brings up?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say that there's a huge bias towards plant-based
0: uh, protein in that
1: movie, um, and that's probably generated by the fact that the producers have. Um, You know, a multi million dollar investment in a plant based protein company. It, logically, that's the way you think, like huge bias. But I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with consuming plant based proteins, um, and you can be an extremely healthy vegan and you can be an extremely unhealthy vegan. Likewise, you could be an extremely healthy omnivore and a, a very unhealthy omnivore. Um, so, but, but coming down to actual quality of protein, I mean, animal protein generally would be considered to be a higher quality protein due to its content. Um, And if somebody's moving or transitioning towards a more plant-based diet um, for health, then if they were trying to hit a certain amount of protein, they'd probably have to work a little bit harder to get the same amount of protein than they would from animal products. It's just more readily available um, and a higher quality protein from sort of dairy, meat, fish, et cetera, eggs.
0: Because there may be, may be, completely, there'll be people who make this decision ethically. Mm. But I think there's, um, from what I was reading, there's a lot of people making this kind of change, not to do with the ethics of it. Mm. It's more to do with going, meat is bad plant is good and and, you know there are these people saying you know if I have a steak it'll take however many days weeks months whatever to digest I won't be able to do x I won't be able to do y after a steak so I avoid them now don't have them. Um, I mean these things are just myths though I mean like you know it's very very hard to
1: separate red meat from processed meats in research Um, and when we're looking at most of the research they're observational studies um, so it requires on people recording a history of what they've done but what about all the other lifestyle factors that could have to be taken into account i actually don't such as what i actually I actually don't think that there's a um that, well smoking yeah you know the big one really lack of exercise stress um, poor sleep other things that people Alcohol. consume yeah exactly um but i actually don't think that there's um a cause and effect study between red meat and cancer um so People are just. I think if you could separate processed, highly processed uh, meats into. Give us some examples. Sorry, what would well, you know? Like um, meat you know, it's like sausages. I don't know. Yeah, you know, or something like, um, you know, really, really like wafer thin sliced ham. That's yeah. you know, you know that sort of stuff. If that's eaten repeatedly, I think there's like a small risk for colorectal cancer. But if we think about the lifetime risk of colorectal cancer anyway, just by being alive, it's five percent. Right. Okay, so if you were then to increase your red meat intake, that might jump to 6%. It's very small. I think there's a lot of scaremongering around food, and it doesn't have to be necessary. If, we, if we're looking at a more of a, you know, for the environment type thing, then I guess when you look at like beef farming, then yes, it would be beneficial to maybe reduce your intake if you were thinking about the environment.
0: Yeah, so there's loads of ethical and other decisions not really. It's but not, if you're saying I am going to make myself healthy by just making a simple change of going I am now going a plant-based diet. Yeah. I mean like there's you
1: can run into some problems. But like you know you could be deficient in some some vitamins and minerals. Um you know, which are important for daily function. So there's a good chance you'll, if you went to, well, plant based doesn't mean vegan, but first of all, yeah. plant based means, you know, more plant, you know, I, I, I guess like even though I eat meat and fish and, egg, and eggs um, and dairy, I would describe my diet as plant based because if I look at my dinner plate, there's still plenty of vegetables, starchy carbohydrates, which are plants, um, and I eat fruit every day. And the size of the portion of the meat on my plate isn't half of my plate, it might be a quarter. Or a third maximum, so I would say I have a plant-based diet, but you know I'm not going to lose my shit about eating like more fruit and veg because I think I do enough. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do. You know, I think deep down, and and you don't want to be pressured into something that you know might not actually fit your taste and preferences.
0: Brilliant. I mean, that leads me into supplements. So I mean, wow. I mean, wow, in capital letters, this is huge business. Um, Head of the show, I was looking at a recent report by the Grandview Research Team. Um, They estimated that the dietary supplements market is worth over $278 billion. That sounds like an opening to The Apprentice, doesn't it, when you're about to get set a task? Um, That's $214 billion sterling, um, and by 2024, it's going to skyrocket again. Um, Nutritional supplements in the UK... Apparently, they've been rising for a number of years with Mintel reporting that 46% of Britons are taking vitamins and supplements on a daily basis. Um, I'm one of them, you know? Um, and to be honest, um, you know, I'd probably include coffee and caffeine and other supplements in there too. Um, all completely legal and and, and, and natural, by the and way. All above but board. All above board, yeah. Um, now, I know people who say, don't even dare look at me until I've had two cup of coffees otherwise I'm not liable for my own actions. So, I'd me, myself personally, I know that, like what you referenced before, you know, young kids, stressful life, busy, everything else that goes with it. In the mornings, I ain't springing out of bed like I used to in the 80s to watch Going Live as, you know, an eight-year-old kid. I, you know, I, I need waking up, so, You know, I do, you know, I've spoken with you loads of time over this and made changes, Mm -hmm. and it's been really beneficial to me. So I I use a lot of stuff that I think is fairly, you know, vitamin C, Mm -hmm. as an example. I use vitamin D, um, which I even had checked with the doctor and everything else. Um, Simple things like that I use in the mornings. What's your advice to people who? Um, saying, well, okay, I'm struggling to eat five fruit and veg a day. As an example, um, I want to take some more vitamins. I want to take some more supplements. Which are the ones that you would say, not being bespoke, but what generally are kind of the okay ones and which are the ones that you would be a bit like, I think you may be wasting money there generically.
1: Yeah, I mean, like when people say five fruit and vegetables, I mean, that it does include fruit. So don't think you just have to eat five vegetables a day. So like, I'm sure pe- most people could find two pieces of fruit they enjoy, right? So that would be a good start. Yeah, but, what worked for but, me is
0: I, I like you. I think me and you were talking about this. Um, you know, having porridge for your breakfast, but throwing some bananas in it, yeah, you know. and some berries on top, or something like that. You know, like that would be a portion.
1: You know, of, five, of your five a day. Um, but it's like, what do we actually need? Um, because if you looked at the hierarchy of nutrition, you probably find that supplements were the least thing you need. It's supplementary to your nutrition. So once the basics are nailed, so you have got your macronutrients, your micronutrients total calorie intake, supplements are really like at the very top of like, do we actually even need them? Um, And like you say, I would get tested possibly, um, certainly for something like vitamin D. Vitamin C you should be able to get from your diet. Um, I wouldn't necessarily be supplementing with that. Um, There's other things that people, that may be like, I guess, um, most bang for your buck, I guess. Um, Something like a fish oil, because not many people eat enough oily fish. And there are loads of health benefits to eating omega-3s. So would that be so, like
0: cod liver oil? Or?
1: Well, yeah, an omega-3. Yeah, something like that, an omega-3 supplement. Um, and then beyond that, there's not a huge amount that you really need unless you're tested. So um, you can get the majority from your diet if you're eating a well-balanced diet. Um, so maybe on top of that, I'd throw in some protein powder as a supplement yeah because so there's no so,
0: real sort of magic supplements or magic pill not, you're talking about the real basics it yeah. unless you've been tested and your doctor says i don't yeah, know, exactly. might have an iron deficiency or yeah exactly
1: something. yeah 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 i mean that's that's the route i would go down um and most gps will test you for you know i mean there, there is a big issue with vitamin d deficiency um in the uk um if you think about it and we talked about work in a previous episode so get up in the morning get in your car, drive to work, spend all day without any sunlight, go home, I mean especially through the winter months um, you're probably going to be taking a dip in your vitamin D so it's probably worth supplementing through
0: the winter months. I'm a massive believer in modelling and shortcutting for, well certainly for achievements anyway, um, you know if there's a shortcut why wouldn't you take it but uh, you could argue when it comes to nutrition and, and, and eating and, and living that That could be dangerous. I mean, there's a lot of nonsense spoken, Uh, and obviously, things are subjective to you as an individual. What works for one person might not work for another. Um, So, I feel like sometimes you're tiptoeing almost through like a field of, I don't know, broken glass. Um, What would, let's say, you're um, suffering from inflammation, um, bad back, joint pain, IBS. Things like that. I see a lot of promoted adverts for stuff at the moment saying that they can cure and solve some of these kind of things. Um, if people, are, you know, you not a GP or anything like that, but I'm just saying, generally speaking, what should people do if they listen to this? Gun? Well, I, you know, I think I can take this pill; that will get rid of my inflammation, as an example. Or if I'm suffering with IBS, to do this, is your advice? You just go to your doctor. Is there? Do you just believe what you see online and try things? What would you advise? I them? would
1: say it's outside of my scope of practice. Talk about covering my ass there. All. So get off the fence. <laughs> and what would
0: you so basically, but but seriously, things like gut health are
1: still an emerging area. So. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so complicated, you know, um, there could be like a multitude of reasons why somebody has Irritable Bowel Syndrome. Um, And there generally, if you go through your GP, there will be certain procedures and protocols to work through. And maybe you'll end up with following something like a low FODMAP diet um, as part of the interventions. Um, so there are things that you would follow. I would definitely go down the evidence-based route. So, yeah. so not that following falls things into, online. Exactly. So anything yeah. that falls into that pseudoscience bracket of not really being, you know, held up to account by science, I should probably reject that outright.
0: And that's it for this week. Um, Jimmy, thank you so much. You've been an absolutely amazing guest. Um, thank you for listening. Remember, if you want any further information, please do get in touch with Jimmy and the team at primaltrainingclub.co.uk. I'd also recommend, again, following Jimmy on Instagram, Jimmy Slomka. Um, on next week's show, we're going to be brainstorming ideas and strategies which fit with the pressures of life in 2020. Uh, we're obviously all on a budget. We're all fighting for more time. We need convenience, efficiency, Um And obviously we want a lifestyle that's not a fad. I think it's a must listen. In the meantime, please share and spread the word about the MLC show. Uh, If you listen on Apple podcasts, please hit us with a five-star review. Remember to check out the products and services at My Legal Club for you and your family. And stay well and importantly, take care. The Business Services Club is a unique business-to-business brokerage. When you need a service for your business or you want to compare your existing business, get in touch for free and no obligation quotes. We have created a specialist panel of commercial partners to support your every business need. We will provide you with free and no obligation quotes via the free to access Business Services Club. As an example, you may need EL, PL or professional indemnity insurance quotes, forensic accountants, self-employed bookkeeping, funding, working capital, interest-only lending with no personal guarantees, employment and HR support, web development, training, legal advice or even online marketing no matter what you and your business require we will meet your needs Free up precious time researching and analyzing new or existing outsource partners via are our one-stop business solution see how we can help you and your business via business